Welcome to Psychopath in Your Life. This is episode number 54, and I'm your host, Diane Emerson. I'm the author of the book, Psychopaths in Our Lives, My Interviews, which is now available on Amazon and iBooks. Hey, thanks a lot for all your emails and taking the time to tell your story. It really means a lot to me. And last week, before we get started here, we did have a mix-up with the recordings, and I do apologize for that. We have a better system moving forward, and many thanks to the listener who brought it to my attention. Little known fact is that I don't usually listen to interviews after they're done. I did in the very beginning when I was doing interviews for my book, and what I found was that it kind of complicated all those insecurities in my brain by, you know, did you did you breathe too loud? Did you, you know, it was on a vi- audio or video. Um, but interestingly enough, um, last week, Daniel and I were talking about whether we should upload to YouTube. Uh, Facebook not uploading there was a very simple decision because um, I don't want you to communicate from there because it's not safe. But anyhow, so we were talking about YouTube and should we continue to upload the show there. And during that thought process, I did run across one of my, it was actually my first interview my book came out. And I think that was the last one I really watched. And here's the reason, <laughs> because the interviewer, Allison Hope Weiner was by far, all of the interviewers were great that I did, but she was just really great. But I was so nervous for that interview and I was all worried about all these things. And so I didn't realize that audio, you know, that I wasn't going to come across well just using the Skype thing as my recording. And then a minute before the show aired, they said, we're getting a glare from your glasses. Can you take them off? And I said, oh, okay. Well, so then I, when I looked at it, I thought, my goodness, I was blinking my eyes a lot. But anyway, yeah, the audio was pretty terrible. But we did get, I, when I looked at it last week, there's been over 35,000 views. So, you know, all things come to a new conclusion. And, you know, when we know better, we do better. So in looking at that, video, and I posted a link that to that below. What I did decide was that um, once a month or so, I haven't quite figured out the details yet, that I plan on interviewing somebody or doing a live um, YouTube show. And we'll probably broadcast it through audio. Haven't worked out all those details yet. So I did get busy and I have lined up my first interview, which is the leading authority in, he really wrote the book on evaluating psychopaths. So he's agreed to be interviewed, which I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. So, you know, you can always, and so the goal here is that I think we can use YouTube as a way to further our message because a lot of people will go there looking for information. And when I did a search for psychopaths, um, my interview did show up on the very first page. So that's a good thing. So enough of that. So you can look at the interview below and excuse the audio. Didn't know better, but I did realize I needed a headset. So there's some things that, you know, a lot of people write about telling their story. And what I'd like to point out is that I do, in fact, realize and would like to advise you that um, telling your story can, in fact, dredge up pain by putting your thoughts in writing. And that was the idea for the original discussion for not not the dredging up pain part, but because it was based on members communicating to other members by telling and sharing their stories. And I do know from what many victims said over the years that writing their story really helped them to realize and find clarity for things that had been buried. There's just something about unlocking that consciousness. 
But I do advise you to only do it if you're in a safe location, if you have full access to the computer and all that. But I'd like to give you a few recommendations. I always recommend writing and letting it flow. And by that, I mean open a Word doc and use what I would describe as stream of conscious thinking to just see what comes out. Don't take the time to edit while you're writing. Just let it all out. There's time to go back and look at things you might want to clarify or change later. But if we get too caught up on grammar, etc., it really won't give the same effect. Because that kind of unlocks the mind to some degree to let those thoughts be released. And there is a great healing power in all of this. You know, if you would like my recommendation, I would use a Word doc to write your thoughts and then transfer to an email format to send to me or post at the form. And it does, to some people, they think, ah, it seems like a lot more work. But, you know, the email format can be cumbersome just because of screen size and all that. So, and also maybe it's because of the old days and computers weren't that reliable. I still have the habit of constantly saving my writing as I go along. I just take a breath, hit save, and continue on. Because what I've found is that losing a body of work can be very frustrating, to say the least. So anyway, so if you're doing the constant save thing, if you have something, a blip or something in the computer process, you could always retrieve it from there. So I'm always trying to find common themes to discuss here on the show. And one of the major ones is people will tell me they have so many stories to tell about the process they went through that made them feel insane. And yes, I have heard that a lot. That was the number one thing. Well, there were a few number one things, but that was at the top of the list that I heard a lot of from victims over the years. And that was part of the basis or a lot of the basis of my questions when I interviewed the three psychopaths for my book. You know, I was really curious about how did these evil people get all these kind and caring people to no longer believe in themselves, but to actually buy into the notion that the fault was theirs. And in fact, they were the crazy one in the room. By theirs, I mean the victims. And also they had this evilly clever way of going around and making everyone around you also convinced of how crazy you are, according to them, of course. I don't think anybody really ever actually went crazy, but there is a very strong thread of feeling crazy because of all the manipulations. So what I'd like to share is an example of the many comments I've been receiving by email. I'll quote you here. I have so many stories about things that confused me and made me feel insane. I couldn't trust my own judgment, but my ex would literally run away from me when trying to ask him why he behaved a certain way. Is this something you've heard before? And that's a question I get a lot. And yes, I've heard it so many times that I could practically repeat by verbatim which victim told me what, because it was something that was made by victims over many, many years. And I also learned about the specific techniques from psychopaths themselves. They want to get you to the stage while you are questioning a new reality that was designed by them. And it's a pretty significant thing in relationships with psychopaths. Um, What I would suggest, if you haven't had a chance, you might listen to the episodes on gaslighting. And I have quotes there from psychopaths that I interviewed. And also, the running away part when confronted is also a typical response from what I have observed. 
it's it's a few things. It's actually a method to devalue you because if you're, if no one's going to hear you, it's going to just make you feel worse. You're going to feel like no one's listening. Because by this, they usually wait until you're already in the isolation phase before they really start gunning after you with these behaviors. And so it's like you aren't important enough to deserve an answer. But also, most importantly, keep in mind that psychopaths model behavior. So they may just be experiencing something they don't know how to respond to. But down the road, as they learn new tricks and skills, maybe in the next relationship, they may figure out other evil ways to turn on the victim. But the running away thing is is pretty typical. But also, remember, it's all about control. They want to control the narrative. You, no matter how much love you've poured into this relationship, you will never matter to them. And I know that sounds really cold, really cruel, but you're dealing with somebody who is incapable of ever returning your love. No matter how much love you put into the situation, no matter how many ways you try to fix it, to save the family, to keep the children together, all those things, I'm here to say, just the reality is, it's not a scenario that's ever going to work if you want a true partner in your life, which I'm guessing that everybody does. I can't imagine not. But it, it's, it all boils back to this control thing. And it's, it's just a very significant way that they operate. Um, so, but I, I'm guessing that they probably do respond even after they run away, but not in a direct way, but probably using methods to further complicate things. Like they might run away and not respond to you, but they'll come up, they'll cook up some other scheme to get even with you. Because if they feel for a minute that they've lost control of the narrative and they run away, believe me, they'll be back and they'll figure out a way to turn the table around to get even. So another question while we're on questions is, I received quite a few emails and they had to do with concerns for preteens in the home where the psychopath father is no longer in contact, which actually, how do I say this? Not having the psycho, a psychopath in the home with children is really a good thing, okay? But there's implications that happens to the child because there's a relationship between child and parent. But I think it's probably common for a child to be both aware of the traits of a father, but also conflicted about being like them. Um, I know this young child that the father is clearly has strong tendencies. And um, there are a lot of adults in that relationship. It's all been cleared up now, but there are a lot of adults in that relationship who are blaming this kid for being just like his father. Now, I hope that you realize I'm not saying that about your situation, but what I'm trying to say is that I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to answer you without more information. And if this is a concern that you have, you might send me a follow-up email. But in the meantime, if any parent has any questions about young children, please seek out Dad of Rad at the forum who I interviewed as Jack here on the podcast. I would also suggest that you post any questions that he might be able to help you with at the forum. Really, he's been around for the longest of any parent, and he's still willing to help, which I, I don't know how... I, I never had children, let alone a psychopathic one. 
parents get blamed for so much that is way beyond their control because we know it's cooked into the genes. We know that kid's never going to change. And coming to that realization, I can't even really wrap my head around what that must be like. But he remains willing to be a resource for others. So please seek him out because, you know, typically my brain is like a database of information that I've kind of absorbed over the years. And like somebody aptly pointed out that really I'm pointing out to people things that deep down you probably already know. It's just I'm trying to help you to bring them to the surface. So in the next week or so, I'd like to plan on, I I never really know what I'm going to talk about until the week of because I have to process things and see what emails I received and what direction you might want to go in. But I'm thinking we should start a dialogue about blame and shame. That means blame the victim and shame the victim because I think it's a very important topic. And I'd like to say to you again and again and again until I can't say it enough is, You are not to blame the situation you are in. You didn't do anything wrong. There is nothing wrong with being a kind and caring person. That is a profile that psychopaths actively seek with very specific intent. And I'm really, truly sorry for the situation you're in and will try my best to hear you and acknowledge your pain. It's real. And You know, don't worry about comparing it to other people. Let's just talk about you. It's easy for people to say, well, my life is pretty awful. And then I saw somebody in a wheelchair and thought, well, I've got it better than they are. Try to look at your pain as just your pain, because that's how we can move forward. You know, it's real and there is a path forward together because we are much stronger together than we are alone. So I'd like to remind you to check the links below for ways to support the show and the contact information. And I do thank you for any any contributions you can make. It doesn't matter the amount and it doesn't matter if you do or you don't. But please remember that if you use the contact box at the podcast website, psychopathinyourlife.com, which is below, I can't see your email address to answer you from there. That was the whole idea because I wanted to encourage as many people to feel like they could write in and that, you know, they don't have to disclose their email and all that. So, but you can also contact me directly. And if you'd prefer that I answer you on the podcast, I just need you to be specific and tell me it's okay to talk about it here on the podcast. Or just email me directly. I do read and respond to all my emails. And really, it helps me so much, and I feel so privileged that you're willing to talk to me. It really is, to be in this situation is, and I don't want to compare, I don't want to start comparing things, but it's it's a very, very lonely and quite sad place to be. So try to take time this week. Do one nice thing for yourself. We'll get through all this one breath at a time. So take care for now, and I'll look forward to seeing you next week and hearing from you throughout the week. Goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.